This is Andrew Schultz. I'm the sales manager for CHS Ag Services. We're pleased to bring you this update from the Red River Farm Network. CHS Ag Services, providing solutions for your success. Monday Farm News on the Red River Farm Network. I'm Whitney Pittman along with Randy Conan here in studio. North Dakota Governor Doug Burgum has suspended his presidential campaign. Burgum highlighted his rural small town values throughout the campaign but failed to get much traction in the national polls. Meanwhile, Minnesota Governor Tim Walz has been elected as chair of the Democratic Governors Association. Walz will have a leadership role in the effort to elect Democratic governors nationwide in the 2024 election and more significant profile within party politics. John Deere making a new enhanced self-repair solution available. Initially, this will be made available through Deere's equipment mobile app and will allow customers to remotely download secure software updates directly to embedded controllers on compatible 4G-connected John Deere equipment. Lowen and Associates President Pete Lowen says Chicago wheat is leading the grains today. But we had a, a big 440,000 metric ton sale of uh, U.S. soft red winter wheat to China this morning in the 8 a.m. flash sales that helped that market get a get a pretty good jump start. Uh, in addition, news-wise today, I know Stats Canada came out with uh, production data. That their last release was back in September uh, of the major crops. Differences in what we got in September numbers versus today, everything up uh considerably now granted most of this stuff still lower production than last year um but one would assume that that's for the most part baked into the market i think brazil's top soy and corn producing state monte grosso experiencing its driest october and november in 25 years with just under six and a half inches of rain monte grosso farmers produce or monte grosso produces about 27 percent of brazil's soybeans Canada's farmers harvested more corn and soybeans, but less wheat, canola, barley, and oats this season. According to the latest Statistics Canada report, total wheat production fell by 7% year-over-year to 32 million tons as growing conditions were generally drier than a year earlier. Canola production was down 2% year-over-year to 18 million tons. StatsCan says corn production was up 4% and soybean production rose 7% year-over-year. Bauer trading market analyst Ben Cash says choppy market action continues in the grains due to the value of the U.S. dollar. The dollar up 54 today. We've seen a lot of volatility in the metal markets overnight, and it's kind of spilling into the ags, it seems like, as we move along in the session. So we've seen some weakness early on, but uh, seen some sales on wheat, which helped uh, see some short cover in the wheat market now from the funds, up about 16 on the Chicago wheat market. Uh, corn, soybeans, weather a little mixed. Uh, Argentina missed out on some rains, but it looks like that, looking into the uh, 10 to 15 day, 10 to 15 day forecast looks a lot wetter for them looks like they're gonna see some beneficial rain down there brazil pretty much caught up on planning for the most part as, as far as the five-year average goes uh, over the past two weeks really made some ground up and the livestock markets have been choppy as well open down uh, quite a bit there on, on the uh, live cattle as well as feeders um, then we were able to push into positive territory. Now we move along the session a little bit more and we're starting to see weakness creep back into that market. It seems like a margin still uh, liquidating market uh, from a margin call standpoint, a technical standpoint as well. So it's kind of disconnected itself from the 
uh, from the cash market, which still remains uh, relatively strong for the most part. Uh, they're still here in, uh, you know, up in, in the upper 170s there on uh, live cattle listings and that. And, um, you know, once again, it's just kind of disconnected itself here, the futures has from the cash. and. The North Dakota Township Officers Association is holding their annual convention today and tomorrow at Bismarck. North Dakota Livestock Alliance Executive Director Amber Wood said there are several changes from the last state legislative session to go over with township leaders. Really excited room full of people wanting to hear about all the new things that especially came out of the legislative session this year. So Tamara Hines from the North Dakota Port Council and I are teaming up for a a presentation today on animal agriculture zoning and how that all works out in the in the rural areas of North Dakota. And we're also going to touch on the multiple different uh, financial programs that have been made available both at the state and federal level. There is a huge list of programs that are available to assist with modifying and building new livestock facilities in the state. So this is the time to, to start looking at some changes and see if you can qualify for these programs. North Dakota townships and counties have certain zoning authority for new and developing livestock operations. Um, it is limited to size, scope, and nature, meaning that they can say how many animals, where, and uh, what species. You know, but that is limited. They can't ask how many days of storage you have, that kind of stuff. That authority only lies with the State Department of Environmental Quality. So just to put that clarification out there. But uh, And they are also have to work within the zoning laws of the state of North Dakota as well. So if you've heard the term model zoning ordinance, that's where that, that base is, where that the rules that the counties and townships, if they decide to take livestock authority, that's what the, the playbook they have to work within. USDA's weekly export inspections report for the week ending November 30th showed 1.2 million metric tons of corn were inspected for export. That's 183% more than the previous week, 39% more than the same week a year ago. Soybean inspections at 1.1 million metric tons are down 29% from the previous week, 47% less than the same week last year. Wheat inspections at 188,000 tons are down 35% from the previous week, 45% less than a year ago. For the marketing year, corn inspections are 27% ahead of last year's pace. Soybean inspections are down 14% from last year. Wheat inspections down 24% from a year ago. Crude oil prices are edging lower, with investors still skeptical about the latest OPEC decision on production cuts. These decisions are voluntary, and traders question if OPEC countries will fully implement the production cutbacks. Tensions in the Middle East are also ramping up with fighting continuing in Gaza. Three commercial ships came under attack in international waters in the Red Sea over the weekend. You're listening to the Red River Farm Network. Monday Farm News on the Red River Farm Network. Following attacks on three commercial ships on the Red Sea, war risk insurance premiums have risen for ships traveling in that area. The Baltic and International Maritime Council Head of Safety and Security, Jacob Larson, told Reuters News Service that Yemen's Houthi group claimed credit for that attack. Then they will target anything at sea with links to Israel or Israelis. Two of the ships targeted over the weekend had no connection to Israel, according to an Israeli military spokesperson. NDSU extension entomologists are going over flea beetle seed treatment research from this past season. 
Jan Knodel says there was some interesting research data from the locations. And we tested a whole variety of different strategies with the insecticide seed treatments that are currently labeled for flea beetle. Testing the single active ingredient that is labeled as insecticide seed treatments, either the Helix or the Prosper, and then we're comparing that to the premixes, which is Helix or Prosper, and then adding on Lumiderm or Fratenza or Buteostart to that. And then we also looked at that combination there and added on a foliar if we saw the flea beetle feeding later on at threshold. Canodal says the research is showing the benefits of seed treatment in controlling flea beetle. And we took the study to yield. Uh, so what we saw was reduced feeding uh, with uh, more inputs that you put in. So the best was the pretreatment plus the foliar insecticide on top. And we did have very heavy pressure at all the sites that we were operating at and the th pressure was above threshold that 20 to 25 percent defoliation. But we did see um, increased yield uh, with the premix and the, which is the two active ingredients and the foliar insecticide so we did see an increased yield there. 2023 has been an exciting year for the North Dakota soybean farmer. North Dakota Soybean Council Director of Market Development, Jenna Beertness, says there's been a lot of change that the council has worked to help producers adapt to. North Dakota got their first dedicated soy crush plant online, and that is the ADM Spearwood location. 2023, in terms of markets for North Dakota soybeans, has been a year of change, and I think we'll just continue to see that change. A lot of our efforts as the Soybean Council this year have been to educate both farmers and doing some community outreach on what some of these market changes are going to mean. So we have done several marketing seminars where we've talked about how to change your marketing strategies based on these new options that you may have as farmers. Beardness says consumer outreach has also been important. We did a baseball game with the Fargo-Moorhead Red Hawks where we talked about bio-based products with soybeans. Uh, we also did a tailgating event in conjunction with North Dakota Pork talking about uh, the partnership between North Dakota soybeans and pork in that pigs are actually the number one customer for soybean meal uh, because that that is where our soybean meal goes. And so it, it's been a year of education for both farmers and the public at all the change that's coming online for North Dakota soybeans. The U.S. Grains Council recently completed a study aimed at changing the perception of U.S. corn quality. U.S. Grains Council Manager of Global Strategies and Trade Alexander Grabois says the goal of the study is to highlight the quality of U.S. corn in spite of cracks and splits. The goal of this project was essentially to highlight these advantages and we found that in, despite the increased breakage, um, the performance as far as digestibility is not comparable. So this means that even though there are broken farms sometimes, you're still able to use that in the poultry industry and that's not wasting power. Grabois says USGC will continue to document the advantages of U.S. corn in foreign markets. And as we kind of transition this project from the uh, research phase to a commercial phase, I think this will really, really highlight what these benefits are and what these competitive advantages are. So what we're looking to do now is actually conduct a series of commercial trials with about two to three international plants 
So we want to apply essentially the same research, but in a larger scale operational function to make sure that we can verify the numbers as well as show that in a day-to-day operation, these savings are being seen. Reporting agriculture's business, this is the Red River Farm Network. Good afternoon. Welcome to Inside Agriculture on the Red River Farm Network. Poet Vice President of Corporate Affairs Doug Bourbon says the company has partnered with schools in South Dakota to help strengthen the future of biofuels. We opened a, a Poet Bioproduct Center in collaboration with SDSU and the School of Mines. So we're offering classes and degrees in, in different parts of bioprocessing which is really important. It's important, obviously, to get young people involved in this area because we've got so much to do. Agriculture, bioprocessing, believe it or not, are emerging issues. And so we think education is really key. Bourbon says POET is expanding production and venturing into biomass energy in order to open up new markets and reduce a carbon footprint. We just opened up a plant that we had idled for a long time that we purchased quite a while ago, but that plant is up and operating now, providing a new market for about 34 million bushels of corn in Indiana. We're excited about that. We are bringing in biomass in Emmitsburg, Iowa, um, putting it through a solid fuel boiler, creating power for the ethanol facility. That's providing a market for farmers, an additional market for farmers for biomass, and that helps us reduce our carbon intensity score at the ethanol plant, which opens up new markets. So those are a few things going on. Taking a look at markets before we leave you, Minneapolis March wheat seven higher at 737 and a quarter. May seven higher as well at 747 and a quarter. Chicago wheat 19 and a half higher at 622 and a half. Kansas City 10 and three quarters higher at 657 and a half. March corn futures a half penny higher at 485 and a half. July corn a quarter penny higher at 506 and a quarter. Soybeans January futures down 20 cents at 1305. March soybeans down 19 and three quarters at 1325 and three quarters. Live cattle February futures down a dollar 92 at 16720. Uh, April live cattle down a dollar 87 at 16972. January feeder cattle three dollars 75 cents lower here today at 21067. March feeder cattle down three dollars 42 cents at two dollar. Er, 213.80. February lean hogs, 62 cents higher at $70.72. April lean hogs, $1.07 higher. You're listening to the Red River Farm Network.